Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Qalam is an organization that is dedicated to making Islamic knowledge accessible to everyone. Alhamdulillah, Qalam has been able to serve so many people all across the world in so many ways. And now, Qalam has the opportunity and the ability to take its work to the next level. Qalam now has the ability to expand its offerings to people all across the world in so many different ways. Qalam is acquiring a campus, a home, where we can continue to do the work that we do and in fact increase what we do. But we need your help, we need your support to make that dream a reality. Go to qalamcampus.com and donate generously. Every single person listening to this podcast benefiting from Qalam, I need you to go there and donate and share that link far and wide and let's all of us come together, invest into our sadaqah jariyah and take this work to the next level. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Now enjoy the podcast. This is deep. He says the core problem with argumentation, where does it come from? Why are some of us so just adamant on getting in arguments and staying in them? He says the core asal, the core thing is number one, tarafur. You, you, you want to put yourself above other people. How? Bi'idharul ilm. So for some of us, it's I have to show what I know. And that's how I put myself above. And then he says the other thing is tahajjum alal ghayri. The other quality of argumentation is actually something a lot deeper and more evil. It's you really just like to attack people. You really just like to do what? You like to attack people. So there's two people afflicted with this. One is someone who's, who feels they're low and they don't want to be low. So they lift themselves up by always arguing with people, flexing on with their knowledge. I know more than you and I can make you look stupid in this situation and point out why you're so wrong and what you're wrong. So that's one person. They want to lift themselves up. The second qu- reason why people get in arguments is because this tahajjum, like this, this nature for attacking other people. So Imam Ghazali says that our hearts, there are four armies of the heart, four armies of the heart. And what he's talking about is qualities that we have in our hearts. So one of them that Imam Ghazali talks about, he says, Rabbani. This is the divine attributes from God that are in the heart. They're like, like angelic qualities, number one. Number two is shayatini. These are like the, the, the deceptive qualities in the heart, tricking people, things like that. Then he says, number three quality. What was number one? Divine. Number two, shaytani. Number three, he calls it in Arabic, it's called sabu'iyya, which means like a predatorial animal. And what he means is like that anger inside of us, it likes to attack people. It likes to jump on people. That's sabu'iyya, that, that nature that just likes to attack people. You know, you argue with someone, and some, some people are very, when you argue, that tongue is sharp, yo. You'd be like, dang, like, oh, man. And then the third, he says, bahimiya, which is a low animalistic quality. And he likens it to a pig where he's like, you just like to fulfill your desires. So you have low desires for sexuality. You have anger. Then you have shayatini qualities. And then you have divine qualities. So what Imam Ghazali is explaining about this argumentation is that there are two things that are trying to, that are taking over, which is number one, that, 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 um, that beast inside that just likes to attack people, number one. And number two, the other quality is that 
quality that divine quality that likes to be on top. So it just wants to be over everyone. And so these are the two sources that Imam Ghazali points out for this argumentative, uh, this argumentative nature. So now what is the cure though? What is the cure? Imam Ghazali says there are two main cures if you have an argumentative nature. And it's very deep. He says number one is silence. Number one is silence. Learn how to just be quiet even when you're hearing something that you know is wrong. So like I said, you're a specialist. You're, you do your field. You know your stuff. And someone sitting next to you, this dude, it's just like Googling stuff, right? Just like Googling knowledge. So they say some medical stuff and you like, here we go. Let me flex. That eight years, I paid a lot of money for that degree. It's got to show somewhere. It's got to show somewhere. Imam Abu Hanifa. I was going to share this story later, but it fits right here. Imam Abu Hanifa, he went to go visit another scholar whose name was Dawood Atta'i. He's a well-known scholar. Like this guy's level is high. Abu Hanifa, he's a well-known scholar too. He goes to visit him. And when he goes to visit him, he's like, yo, I noticed that you're always away from the people. You never mix with the people. What's going on? And he says to him, he goes, I'm trying to fight my nafs because I get in arguments. When I hear people saying wrong stuff, then I, I got to correct them. So Abu Hanifa, he says something deep. He says, no, I want you. And this is advice from one man, one scholar to the next. He goes, I want you to go to the people, sit with them, hear them say absurd stuff and still remain quiet. See, he was thinking avoiding the gathering would be the solution to his argumentative nature. But Abu Hanifa was like, you can't fix things by avoiding them. You cannot fix things by avoiding them. That issue you have with your mom, your dad, your sister, your cousin, that won't get fixed by avoiding them. He says, no, the solution is you go to the gatherings, you sit down, you hear all these crazy opinions and you just stay quiet. Dawood Atta'i, he says, I did it. And wallahi, it was the hardest thing that I ever could imagine doing. It was so hard just to hold myself back when I heard people saying things that was incorrect and not correct them and not fix them. And then Imam Ghazali, he comments on this. He says, the reason that this is so hard and that is why the Prophet said, men, men tarak al mara, whoever gives up argumentation when they know they're correct, ban Allahu lahu baytan fi a'la al-jannah. So Abu Hanifa and Imam Ghazali here are like, don't avoid the situations. Learn how to sit there and hold on to silence. So the first thing you could do to conquer your, your argumentative nature is adopt silence when you're hearing things that you know, or you think you know, we're going to get to that next, you know are incorrect. Number two, Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, the next thing, and this is huge, please write this down. The next thing that will stop argumentation is questions. Oh my goodness, paradigm shifting. The next time you're about to argue with wifey, Asif, I don't know if you got any, I, I, let me not call anybody out, right? Because y'all gonna think I talked to him like earlier today and he was telling me this, right? This is my man, I just picked somebody who I know is married in the crowd, right? Okay, the next time argument is brewing, check this, this is amazing. Instead of replying, right? First of all, silence kicks in. But check this, ask a question. Ask a question. 
Oh, so what you're saying is this? Is it funny? Nah, for real. Like it, it'll kill everything unless the person wants to argue. Think about like, why you ask questions now, huh? I'm trying to beef right now with you, and you're trying to squash this joint. No. So two things Imam Ghazali says. He says number one, silence. Learn just to be quiet. Don't say nothing. And number two, ask questions. Now the questions is 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 deep. Here's the deal. And this is why uh, arguing is so destructive to the religion. Here's the deal. The Questions force you to shift from a combative uh, a mentality to an inquisitive seeking to understand mentality. Imam Shafi says, I never debated a person except that I wanted and prayed to God that the truth became apparent on their tongue, not on mine. That is so different than how we approach everything. We approach, okay, I know the truth and I'm going to get a position of authority because I'm going to prove you wrong. So I'm gonna point out how your logic is faulty. I'm gonna point out how what you're saying doesn't make sense. I'm gonna reiterate to you what you said to show you how stupid you actually look. No, seriously. Imam Shafi goes, no, whenever, and he's a big scholar who would debate a lot of issues, but he said, I never into an argue, uh, into a debate, except that I used to pray to God, oh Allah, let the truth come on their tongue, not on my tongue. So this is a major paradigm shifter. The next time the argument, is 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 brewing and i want you to i want you to reflect on the last argument you had everyone do this exercise with me i want you to reflect on the last argument you had just think back the last time you had an argument now notice how it started off i need y'all all to picture it. i'm gonna give you like 10 seconds picture that argument some of y'all like we missed like five minutes ago i got it i'm ready i'm ready yo okay take that last argument now notice this you'll notice this pattern it started off by you thinking i want what's good for the other person and that's how it started off right i'm i'm, I'm preaching to myself right now i right? <laughs> preaching to myself for real for real it started off by you wanting what's good for the other person okay you wanting what's good for the other person but then by the time you got into it the objective switched from you wanting what's good to you wanting to win and this is why it's so destructive, because once you want to win, you don't care about the truth anymore. Does that make sense? You, the truth doesn't matter now. Because if I'm a good lawyer, I can win any argument. I don't even need. And, and now my objective is no longer to reach a truth. My objective now is just I need to show you that I can flex on you and you leave this argument knowing that I'm, I'm on top of you. And so I want to share a verse of Quran with you that I think can really influence how we interact with people. There's a verse of the Quran, and maybe someone can find the verse number. Beautiful verse. Anyone find the uh, verse number? Look it up real quick. Umar, look it up. That is the final abode, Jannah. Naja'aluha. God says, I make that place for who? Those people who don't want to be on top all the time. And they also don't want it to be destroyed. Check this. You know how when you don't get the promotion, you start, man, I hope this corporation just goes under. I hope the whole, I hope the whole uh, doctor's office goes, I hope y'all go bankrupt. 
Surah Qasas verse 83. Surah Qasas verse 83. It's a beautiful verse because it really gets deep to the psyche. When the family doesn't take you and put you in the position you think they should, you're like, man, I don't care about this family. I hope it all gets messed up. Job doesn't promote you, put someone above you. Man, I hope this whole thing gets messed up. The verse is saying you need to be in between two places. You don't always want to be on top, number one. And when you're not on top, you don't want to see it all messed up. It's a beautiful, it, it, it's so different than how we, subhanAllah, like how we uh, enter into our relations with others and how arguments break out. So listen to this. He explains that there's another aspect with argumentation, with the questions. Let's go back to the question asking. I said that when we start to get in argumentation, we no longer care about the truth anymore. And what do I want to do? What's my primary concern? To win the argument. To win. There's something even deeper about asking questions. Asking questions forces you to realize that there is something even more important than the truth. Huh? Something more important than the truth. Hear me out on this. The subjective reality that the person is experiencing. The subjective reality that the person is experiencing. Does that make sense? So what they experience. So look, I'm trying to prove a point to you. I can't think of an example. And I know what the truth is, where you should be what you should know. So I'm so focused on the truth that I'm like, okay, brother, do you hear what you just said? You just said this, and then you said this. That doesn't equal this, right? And the argument keeps on going. But what we learn through asking questions is it's not about the truth so much as it's about how the person sees what they're going through. Do you understand what I mean? This is such an important thing because it, it shifts your focus from the truth to recognizing and understanding how the other person sees it. So then maybe, maybe, maybe after understanding how they see things, then maybe I can help you get to some other truth. But like, but until I don't see how you see things and I'm only focused on the truth, I haven't made that connection with you. I haven't made that connection. So two levels I'm trying to highlight here. Level number one is the argument becomes not about seeking and finding out the truth. The argument becomes about my nafs wanting to know it's better than you. And I want to put you down because my boss got pissed at me today. So I need to make someone feel small today. So I go home and do it with my children or my wife or my sister or my brother or unfortunately my parents. And we're going to talk about parents in a minute. So I need to make someone feel small because somebody made me feel small. So we don't care about the truth. We want to win. But even deeper than that is wanting to know how you experience things. You know, last week we talked about colorism, blackness, colorism, dark skinnedness, all this stuff. And if it's all about truth, we'd be like, oh, man, the mustard ain't racist. The community ain't racist. Show me the factual data. That whole lecture we talked was about anecdotal, man. Like, how do you experience the community? That's how you connect to people. And so I just wanted to highlight through questions, you build understanding. And so the next time argument breaks out, Asad, yo, you my man for today, bro. Next time, first thing is silence. I don't have to reply, right? But I'm not giving you cold, silent treatment. That's abuse too. Actually, what I'm doing, I'm like, yo, say that again. What did you mean? With, but here's the deal. 
with the true intention of wanting to understand. Does that make sense? My true intention is I truly want to appreciate and understand how you see this issue. Once you make that shift, the person who's arguing, they have to shift gears because now they're no longer entrenched. They're no longer defensive. Imam, these aren't my words. Imam Ghazali, he says something really deep. He says, um, I'm going to find what I, what I wrote from Imam Ghazali. Imam Ghazali basically was saying that the stages, oh, listen to this. He says that the stages are, you can never correct someone through argumentation. And these are his words. And I want you to connect it to modern day psychology because most of you uh, are, are educated, right? So he says the stages of it are this. You in your heart have nasiha. I want to help the person. So you point out a fault that they're doing. You're like, yo, I think that's wrong what you're doing. And you say it a nice way, however you say it. But immediately because of how you came across, the person thinks, oh, this person is attacking me. What happens when someone attacks us? Natural. What do we do? Defense. What is a method of defense? Entrenching. What does the entrenching mean for everyone in the room? It means I don't care how clear you prove to me that I'm wrong. I can never admit it in front of you. So the question is, here's my question. Can you ever truly win an argument? Can you ever truly win an argument? Not to mention arguments like on social media and stuff that you're not even searching for understanding in those. No, for real, there's no search for understanding. There's too many comments. There's too back and forth. You can't hear tone. You can't find understanding, but you can point out a flaw. You can't argue with someone. And that person, their, their post is going to get even more entrenched. Nope, nope, nope. Why? What happened? Because you hacked the person. And so the idea is switch from argumentation to understanding because when, here's the deal. This, might, this one statement might help so many of, us, many of us. Seek not to be understood, but seek to understand. That's all I'm going to say for you. In every relationship you have, wifey, brother, friend, Seek to understand and not be understood. Okay, Mikael, but I do want to be understood. Yeah, but you know what? Once you seek understanding, you're going to see that reciprocated with you. You're going to see that reciprocated back at you. Wifey's going to be like, no, you tell me what you mean. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, you tell me. I'm trying to get your perspective. She's like, no, I want your perspective. And now we're having a beautiful moment. It could have been an argument. You know what I'm saying? Beautiful, alhamdulillah. So again, Imam Ghazali says two things stop arguments, silence. And I'm going to say something else about silence. Silence is not just what you say on your tongue, but what you're thinking while the other person is speaking. Silence also means inner silence too, because inner silence gives me the space to take in what you're saying. If you're, if you're talking to me and the whole time in my head, I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's why. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, you're very silent. I'm like, this dude ain't silent. They're not listening. The whole time in their brain, they're preparing a response or they're, they're finding your fault. They're not truly seeking to understand you. And so Imam Ghazali says two things, silence and, um, and questions will help us uh, reach that level of understanding and get away from argumentation. Okay, religious people, next point. Imam Ghazali says religious people have an extra problem of arguing. That means the masjid and the people at the masjid are going to argue more than people not at the masjid. Religious people, religious people have a bigger problem with argumentation. You know why? Imam Ghazali says this. Watch how shaitan plays us. Imam Ghazali says, you naturally are an arguer 
But now you think the Sharia says you get reward for your arguing. So now I got, I got, I got, I got Dalil. Every time I argue with you, make you cry, break you down, I feel stronger. I'm like, yeah, God rewarded me and my nafs feels great. I like that. That feels good. Do you understand how those two go together? You think you're being rewarded. So your nafs uses that as its excuse for entering into the argumentation. So Imam Ghazali says people who are religious, they have an extra problem because they fact that they think they're going to get rewarded for it. So there's a compound incentive. I'm already a natural arguer. That's who I am. I'm a contrarian by nature. And now I get reward for it. Nur ala nur. Or, yeah, actually not. Right? Okay. So the next thing. Where does argumentation begin from? Iblis. Iblis. First one to argue. First one to object. Because arguing at its core is an objection. It's like, uh, I don't agree with that. Who's the first one to start that? Iblis. Right there. Satanic quality. The amazing thing is Adam messed up. Iblis messed up. Adam's beauty is this is the statement of, you know what, I, I messed up, I'm wrong. Seeking to understand. And so Imam Ghazali says, if you have a habit of arguing with people, be careful because that's going to spill over to your argumentation with God. I'm going to say that again. I think some people missed that. If you have an argumentation problem with people, be careful because that will spill over into you objecting to what God has for you. But if you have the mentality of already being humble, taking things, hearing things that are difficult for you, just dealing with it, then when a, when a situation comes as difficult, same thing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're like, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. Right? So Adam and Iblis are drastically different in the case that one of them entrenches in the wrong that they do. And the other one goes, you know what? I was wrong. I'm going to give up this argument and I'm not going to go forward with this argument. Okay. Next thing. Parents. And I know this is a hard one. For those of us with aging parents, this is extremely hard because our parents may ask us to do things that are sometimes don't make sense to us. Straight up doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And the logic behind it is really messed up. The articulation of the point is even more messed up. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? So if you really wanted to like chop up this argument, you could. And unfortunately, sometimes we do. But I'm going to share with you something from the Quran. When Yaqub was an elderly man, he sent the brothers of Joseph to go to Egypt. The Quran tells us in Surah Yusuf, he said, Make sure you go into the city from different doors. Different doors. He was basically saying, I don't want no one to put ayin on y'all. Y'all handsome, 12 brothers walking in, you know, dawned out. People are like, dang, that family's nice. Like, you know, where are they from? So he doesn't want them to get ayin. Another evil eye. So he says to them, I need all of y'all 12 brothers to enter into different doors from the city so you don't get any ayin. The Quran says, There was no benefit to what Ya'qub told them. The only benefit was it was something that their father wanted and they did it for him. 
to me, this is so amazing because if you're one of those 12 brothers, you could have sat there and be like, Baba, what are you saying? Please explain to me. And subhanAllah, I know, I'm speaking of myself. There are so many times where I'm trying to talk to my mother, right? And I know something is good for her. Everyone in the room, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, mama, this is good for you. And, and she knows it's good. But, you know, and here you are trying to be, okay, do you hear what you say? We do this to our mother. Allah. We're like, mom, did you, you said this, right? 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 Okay, write that down, mom. You said this. Okay. And now you're saying this, right? Right? And at the end of that whole thing, how does your mother feel? Broken down. Did you win the argument? You didn't win anything. You just put your mother down. Your mother just realized I'm getting old. My arguments ain't that tight no more. I don't make sense. My kids are smarter than me. And the Quran is like, with Yaqub, he's a prophet of God. The verse says there was no benefit to what he told them to do. The only benefit and the reason they did it is it made him happy. Now, I'm, that's a whole nother topic. I know it's with aging parents. That's a whole workshop we need to have. How to grow old with our parents, right? That's a different topic. But I'm just pointing out how argumentation comes up everywhere and how we don't win arguments when we get in them. In fact, all we do is flex on people that we love and we end up smashing them now, making them feel like nothing. So again, he says that um, uh, the only reason they did it, they just wanted to fulfill the wish of their father. What are the effects? What are the effects of arguing? Number one. There are a number of narrations says that it takes away your religion. How so? Up until now, we've been talking about arguing about silly stuff. I'm a physician. You're saying some weird stuff. I'm arguing with you. You know, I'm a, a physical trainer. You saying something. I'm like, no, we don't do that anymore. We do this, right? Any field that you're a professional in, right? But what about when we argue with the religion? What about when we argue about the dean? The issue with that is you end up rejecting what is true because it goes against your nafs. Does that make sense? You understand what I'm saying in that example? Just the same way I'm arguing with someone else and the truth doesn't matter anymore. What matters is me winning the argument. That's even worse when we're arguing about religion. Because now I'll reject, you say a verse of Quran to me and I'm like, no, nah, uh-uh, I don't believe that. And we're like, now who's at fault though? You push someone into that corner to the point where you force them to say something so egregious. And if we had just stopped the argumentation, stayed silent, asked questions, and sought to understand people, then we wouldn't have pushed this person to the point where they just start rejecting the Quran and the Sunnah because you wanted to argue and prove a point and flex on the people. So the first thing it does is it takes away your religious, your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number two, and to me, this is the biggest one actually. And I know it's a term that I've been using way too much. I already know mental real estate. My wife was like, please stop using the term. I'm sorry, but hear me out. If you have an argument with someone and some of us are at different thresholds, for some of us, one argument will mess up the entire day. One argument in the morning, the entire rest of your day is done because of one argument. So the second harm or effect of argumentation in Arabic is called ishgalul qalbi. 
it preoccupies your heart. You have no more space for anything else inside. You're supposed to move on to the next thing. There's so much things you can do with your mind, with your heart, you can focus on. But because of that one argumentation, it takes over everything. And you can look at this as an effect or a cause. The next one, number three. You can look at this as an effect or a, it breaks love. It breaks down love. Now I said you could look at it as an effect or a cause because the sign of love breaking down is a lot of argumentation, a lot of argumentation. But what arguments do is it even breaks love more. The love that is there, it keeps on breaking it. So these are three of the effects of argumentation. And I really wanted to focus on this because I think a lot of us, speaking for myself, we, we, we get involved in arguments with the people we love the most. And the Prophet has taught us so much against this. Avoid this so much, stay so far away from it and become a person that's okay with hearing th things that don't, that you don't agree with. You may work with someone who always is very opinionated and you know, they really don't want me to talk. They really don't want to hear my side. They just need someone to put their ideas on. You know what? Just sit there like, yeah, okay. You would disagree like, yeah, wow. Interesting. They say some crazy stuff that maybe that's different, but. For the most part, there's many times where you just have to go with the flow because this person doesn't want to learn. Their only objection, objective is to state the point and they waiting for you to push back. So now I got to I got to fight and I can flex on somebody. So become people who we are not trying to always be on top. Number one, and when we're not on top, we're not people that just want everything to be destroyed. So Imam Muhasibi, what does he say? Let's look back at his words because they're absolutely beautiful. Imam Muhasibi, he says, Don't argue with people. Even if you are speaking the truth, the truth. Again, we want understanding. We want to reach mutual understanding with people. And so argumentation will never be the way to reach that. And then he says, connecting to the next thing, he says, be careful of talking too much. And that goes to my other point about how to stop argumentation. Be silent more. Be careful of long extended speech. Even if you are someone who's very eloquent, don't talk so much. Silence is better for you. It will allow you to listen to more people. And be careful of faking in the religion. What that means to me now, based on the conversation we just had, is I know what you're saying has a bit of truth, but for me to accept that is going to lower me. So now I got to pretend like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there's difference of opinion. I don't know. I don't know. And so I'm, I'm fighting that off because I can't lower myself because I won't win. And then he says, And always, always, always put knowledge before every single statement that you say. There must be knowledge there. I'm going to share one more statement from Hassan al-Basri about this, and then we can move on to the next topic. Uh, actually, there's something actually more deep, because I know a lot of people are like, wait, hold up, though. What if someone oppressed me? What if someone legitimately did wrong to me? So we got to talk about that. Hassan al-Basri, he says, The mu'min doesn't find faults and doesn't argue with a brother or sister. What do they do? They spread wisdom. 
Listen to this though. Because the spreading part is like, wait, that's how the arguments start. Uh-uh. He says, the in qubilat. If the person accepts, hamidallah, like alhamdulillah. Wa in raddat, if the person does it, hamidallah. They're like, alhamdulillah. What he's trying to say is, your feelings aren't hurt when people don't take your advice. Your feelings aren't hurt. You did it for the sake of Allah. You shared something. The person didn't accept you. Like, okay, alhamdulillah, cool. I am a doctor. You are, you didn't study, but cool, it's all good. It's all good. It's cool. Whatever. You got Google. You good. All right. There's one more thing on this topic. And I think it's in everyone's mind. But what if I'm, what if I have a legitimate oppressive case? Someone took a huck from me, right? This whole time you're like, okay, Mikael, I'm not going to argue with my mom, my wife, my brother over dumb stuff. Cool. But what if there's a legitimate oppression of like someone did wrong to me? I'm sharing with you Imam Ghazali's words on this. This is what he says. He says, everything we talked about, about silence and understanding, all of these things refer to cases or situations where you have the haq to fight for your right and when you're wrong. Both of them, all of these things we said apply to both of those. And this is the, this is the subtle key. He said, if you're able to present your situation without attacking the person, without hurting the person, without becoming concerned about winning and overpowering the person. Imam Ghazali says sometimes people go to court for money. They don't even care about the money. He said his words. They'll take the money, throw it in a well, but they just want to win. That's it. I need that person to know I'm on top and I was right. So Imam Ghazali says this, as long as you can watch your nafs, and make sure it is not about you being on top. It is not about you succeeding and it is not about you winning. And you are truly just going after your right without defamating the person, without harming the person, without badening, uh, making your name bad in the society, do what you gotta do. But then he says, but be careful, there's a thin line right there. There's a very thin line that you gotta walk when you are actually going after your rights that it's about my right and it has nothing to do with the person. And the best example I would say is when Imam Shafi said that I never argue with a person except that I want the truth to come on their tongue. That shows his love for the person and he doesn't want to put the person down. But you have my right. I got kids to feed. I got a family to take care of. I need my rights. But I love you as a human being. So this is how Imam Ghazali rahimahullah, addresses the situation where you do have a legitimate hub and you need to do some type of debate, some type of court, taking the court, whatever it may be. Just don't make it about the nafs. That's it. And you're okay. All right. So that's Imam Ghazali on, on, um, on argumentation. I'm just going to repeat one more hadith because I think now it's going to hit so much different. The Prophet wasallam he said, Man whoever gives up an argument, even though you're right, you know what you're saying. Mom, dad, whoever. Allah builds a palace for this person in the highest places of Jannah. Why? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing. And whoever gives up argumentation when they know they're wrong, they don't entrench. They go against their natural, like, in, like the natural habit of entrenching. They go against that. And they're like, you know what? You're right. You're right, 100%. Banallahu lahu baytan fi rabad al-jannah. 
The last thing I'm going to share with you is beautiful. Um, I forget the names of these two scholars. Imam Ghazali narrated this. He said that there was one scholar, he was walking through the city and he saw a young man sitting at a certain place. And uh, he stopped and he said, son, what are you up to? He says, oh, I have an argument. I have a dispute with such and such, my cousin. And we're meeting here to, to, to argue over that thing and solve that thing. And he said to him, he said, son, I know your dad. <laughs> and your dad did a big favor to me once in my life. And so I'm going to pay him back for that favor right now. He said to him, don't argue. Don't argue. You're never going to win. You're going to leave feeling worse. You're going to leave feeling like your iman is weaker. Don't argue. This is my gift to you. The cousin shows up. And what does he say? He goes, yo, man, go. It's all good. You can go. I'm good. He goes, what happened? He's like, I don't want to argue with you, man. The other cousin goes, man, I don't want to argue with you, man. You can have it. You know, so like the, the point was that, first of all, the advice of the elder to him was like, yo, let me help you realize. Don't argue with anyone. Somebody said about arguing when you wrestle. I know it sounds a bit thing, but when you roll around in the mud with a pig, you all get muddy. You know what I'm saying? You all get muddy. You don't get out clean. You look dirty too. You know what I'm so the point is, who's going to win that? Another man came up to, I'm just sharing some anecdotals here. Uh, Imam, someone came up to Imam Malik. Uh, Imam Malik was old by now. Imam Malik, for those who don't know, is like the Imam of Medina, man. Imam Malik, he's leaving and he has his student with him. And he's like leaning on his student. That's how old he is. So this young man, always trying to argue, young people, right? He's like, Sheikh, I got to talk to you about this issue. And I think I can convince you that you're wrong. So Imam Malik goes, okay, hold up, young man. He says, um, but what if a third person comes and he convinces both of us? He goes, oh, then we follow him. He said to him, son, I see that you're going to be constantly switching your deen. You're going to be constantly changing all the time. To me, this was deep. I was like, wait, what's going on here? What I found Imam Malik was saying is, once you know your path, once you know what's good for you, why are you always concerned with changing everybody else? If something's good for you, it's good for you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, his mama. He's going to, yeah, go to mommy. It's all good. You good? It's all good. No, you, you get, this statement was pretty deep. What happened? Oh, we good. We good. We're good. We're good. Um, no, this was a deep statement. Because to me, I'm like, wait. If someone comes in and convinces us, we should go to that person's method. We should keep changing. He's like, no. You find your truth that's good for you. You know what's good for you. And I'm good. I don't have to convince everyone. And I'm happy with you having your understanding. And I'm happy with my understanding. Inshallah, we both go to Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala understands. So Imam Ghazali, Imam Malik told this young man, he's like, man, you're going to keep switching your deen every two weeks. Because you're going to keep arguing with people. And when they convince you, you switch again, switch again, switch again. He's like, just be content knowing what you know and not having to argue with everyone. So this is Imam uh, Muhasibi on argumentation. And I really wanted to spend the whole session on this because I was looking at my own relationships with my family, my mom. She has some like, why am I arguing with my mother? And we don't even mean it to be subhanAllah evil. But then when you hang up the phone, you're like, yo, I need to call my mom back and say sorry. You know, so I thought it was a really good moment for us to really question ourselves in the disputes that we have with others. If I could leave with some good advice here, I'm going to leave with this. 
the two solutions from Ghazali are what? Silence, number one. What type of silence, verbal or mental? Both. Learn to be silent. Take it in. A filled glass cannot be filled with anything else. When you're thinking while the other person is talking, you're not listening. So silence is the first thing. Learn how to be quiet. Part of that silence is to hold yourself when you hear something you don't agree with. That you don't have to keep saying something. I'm good. I can be quiet. Number one. And number two, what was the second thing? Questions. I'm telling you, amen. It's going to change everything. Because it switches everything from me versus you to me and you. It switches from me versus you to me and you. And the best thing about asking questions is you help other people understand themselves too. So may Allah make us people who at all costs avoid argumentation. If you have a right that someone owes you, Imam Ghazali even said then, you better be very careful that it's not about your nafs. It's not about making this person feel bad, not about putting yourself above, just make sure you keep it to the haq and that's it. And subhanAllah, when we read about, I'll share you an example. I don't know if y'all know historically, but there are incidents where the Sahaba actually fought one another. This is well known in our history, okay? Big, big, huge scholar, uh, 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 Sahaba, who actually, actually got in fights, like wars, okay? Now it's a whole nother halakha, we talk about it some other time. But one of the things I thought was so amazing is one of the narrations says, in the daytime, they would line up on the battlefield but at nighttime, they would sit and drink tea together. At nighttime, they would sit and drink tea together. Do you, yes, and you get what I'm saying? Or Like, it's not about me versus you. It's about what's right and what's wrong. And so I don't hate you. I love you. Let's drink tea tonight if I don't kill you. <laughs> right. I know it's a bit extreme for us. And again, that's a whole nother topic. But I'm giving you an example of fighting for something without it being about your nafs. That's my objective with that. And that's the best example I can give for that. So if you do have a situation where you need to fight for something, just check yourself. Make sure it's not about me proving myself right. And so may Allah uh, protect us from argumentation. Uh, if you're correct, you got that Manhattan sweep. If you're wrong, you're still in Frisco, I guess, whatever. <laughs> the point is give up argumentation. Don't argue, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm right. God knows I'm right. Cool. But you don't even got to say to them, God knows I'm right and I'm going to stop arguing with you because that's going to keep the argumentation going. Please, everyone understand what I'm saying? Don't say, I know I'm right, but I want a, 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 a palace in Jannah, so I'm going to stop arguing with you because you're wrong. <laughs> no. It's just to stop it right there. You know what? You're right. I'm good. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. That's all I wanted to cover. It's been about an hour, so that's good. I just wanted to cover this topic so that the next over the next week, we could really focus on eliminating all argumentation uh, in, our, in, in the environments around us. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people. Um, people who aren't always trying to be on top. And when they're not on top, they just don't want things to be destroyed. May Allah make us of those people right in between, inshallah ta'ala. Jazakumullah khair, and I think we'll conclude. Any questions, actually? I mean, this is a tough, this tough issue, right? Yes, sister.
Allahu Akbar. The sister said, like, you know, talking about hadith, there's one hadith of Rasul Sallallahu I know y'all couldn't hear, so I'm just sharing. She says, La tumari, the Prophet said, don't argue with people. But wallahi inni la ashfaw, I will not intercede on the day of judgment for a person that argues often. And I, I really wanted us to get, some of us are very contrarian, yo. And I, I don't know whatever, but you know yourself. We're always looking for a good argument. Always just waiting for a good argument. Like, ooh, where are you at? Please protect yourself from that. Please protect yourself. May Allah make it easy. Any other questions or comments on this one? All right, may Allah give us tawfiq. Jazakumullahu khair. Subhanakallahu wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiru wa atubu ilayk. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaneen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.